I would like to begin this broadcast by acknowledging the Awabakal people, the traditional custodians of this land. I'd like to pay my respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, and I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. It's the Newcastle Line, local music show. Melody Poole has finally returned with a brand new EP called Lost in Time and will henceforth only be referred to as The Lit EP. It's filled with experimentation, honesty and melodies that will melt your heart. So it's an absolute honour to welcome to the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show, Melody Poole. Hey, Melody. Hey, thanks for having me, Bonnie. No, thanks for spending some time with us. It's really exciting to have you in the studio. So before we start chatting about the Lit EP, (laughs) was that intentional, by the way? (laughs) Not at all. I just thought, I think I started like when I was putting assets together for it and photos and little ideas together, I just like put a drive folder and yeah. nicknamed it and then I was like that's pretty funny no way that is lit yes <laughs> it is lit and it's so beautiful thank um, you the first time that I heard it it was just such an immersive experience and uh, it's really really exciting to finally have you come back to this so <laughs> what was the reason that you took the break to begin with um, because you have just returned after a self-imposed yeah. Uh, kind of hiatus. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just like, I was totally burnt out in truth. I was just like touring solo for a really long time. Um, and I was, my anxiety was really, really bad. My mental health was suffering. And I had no idea that I could take a break. Yeah. I was just, I just kept going and going. Um, and I had intended to just keep going until I had a meeting with my label and my agent at the time. And and my agent just said, you, you need a break. And I was like, can I do that? <laughs> yeah, what's a break? <laughs> yeah, what's a break? Wow. Um, I didn't know that was, you know, something that was possible for me. It's a career. It's a 24-7 thing. Mm. And he's like, yeah, but you're a human, so you're allowed to do that. Yeah. And, and yeah, so that's that's sort of how it came about. In this industry, there is so much pressure, especially in your early in the early years of your career to just push and push and push mm-hmm. as hard as you possibly can. So after having that break, uh, what's it been like getting to come back with a little bit of perspective? Uh, vastly, vastly different. Um, and it took a long time. It's not sort of like I didn't have a break and then go, oh, this is so nice to have a rest. I just I took a break and then I was like, who am I without music? Mm. What am I even a person? And so like it was this whole sort of identity crisis between then and and sort of starting to shift my my whole sort of mindset about music shifted from producing music in this business like industry like an industry yeah. environment into back to how I first started writing songs like in my bedroom when I was a teenager when I couldn't sleep and when I was struggling through things and and um so my mindset sort of just yeah like shifted back into this creation for creation's sake and expression which is where you want to create from anyway yeah definitely but you lose if you are in that industry for a long time yeah so in terms of finding yourself on this break what was that journey like and do you feel like you're kind of there yet or do you still feel like there are more steps to be taken I feel like it will I will be searching and we all will be searching and evolving until we die um I don't think it's ever a journey that ends but I definitely um 
am a much more accepting of who I am now. And uh, I had no idea then. I really was, I don't know, I felt like I was performing an act almost and that I think that's why I didn't enjoy it as much. And now I don't feel like I perform an act. I feel like I just give what I am and give what I've got instead of, you know, trying to give more than I've got. Mm. Yeah. So looking back, when you say that you were performing an act, does that mean that you were trying to be something that yeah. you weren't? And can you tell us about, you know, what you were kind of aiming for or what you thought you were needing to be? Yeah, I think that I, at that time, there was a lot of external pressure. You know, I was I was signed to a big label. I had a huge agent. I was doing all these massive shows and I was really young and I didn't quite understand like how big they were, but in some ways I did because I knew that all of these other people around me were finding it really important. So I must, I have to take it seriously yeah, as wow. well. Um, yeah, so it was like, I don't know, it, it felt like I was more trying to be this perfect example of what I thought I could be mm. rather than just being what I was and yeah. and and outputting what I was capable of I was trying to be perfect all the time and never ever getting there because it doesn't exist <laughs> <laughs> what a terrifying thing to do though you know from going from the days where you were trying to be perfect to mm. having that release of just you know getting up on stage or even writing music and going you know what I'm going to say what I want to say I want to do exactly what I want to do, it would be such a release. Yeah, it is. It's so liberating. Mm. And it hasn't really been until recently. It's the last few years of gigging, probably from like 2021 when I really started to do gigs again and get back on the road. And I sort of was still in that mindset and I'd get trapped in there again. But I knew that there was more then. So I was starting to reach for, okay, I'm, I'm sort of like, feeling around in the dark here for for where I'm aiming for but I, I know that there's something more here than than trying to be this other person yeah but sometimes I just fall into the trap of almost autopilot of getting on stage and <laughs> getting back off stage and going oh I did it again I did it again where I didn't enjoy it and I wasn't yeah. in the moment but now especially like from actually like the Dashville skyline set last year which was one of my favorite shows ever yep and I was totally you know, emotionally fraught just before going on stage then and I felt um, really quite low and I had this almost light bulb moment of I can't give them everything that maybe they're expecting of me. All I can give them is what I am. And it was like this huge liberating experience that show then because it, I didn't try and be anyone else. And I think that's why it was so magic for me. Yeah, and what a perfect space to do that in. I mean, you go to Dashville knowing that people are going to love you exactly how you are. Yeah. And uh, that honesty is definitely, it's held in a high regard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and is something that's very important there. So is there something, when you were talking about being more present on stage, is there anything that you consciously do before going up there now? Uh, I have to, I have anchors, like what I call anchors, and sort of just like... Um, I guess not even exercises, but thoughts about getting in my own spirit maybe um, is the word for it. But mainly it is just just focusing myself beforehand on 
focusing on the songs, if that makes sense. So I don't try and get up there now or do heaps of – sometimes I do some vocal exercises just so that I feel comfortable. Um, But it's mainly just wanting to get on stage and have intention behind every word and believe every word that I'm singing. It's got to be completely about the song because if I focus on – what I'm wearing or whether people think yes. that I'm like think that I'm singing okay or if I've sang that note bad then I'm just putting all this sort of um shamey focus on myself rather than being in the moment and delivering something that's real so yeah, that's the well, goal I guess yeah. yeah absolutely that's so gorgeous so let's talk about this EP sure it's really exciting <laughs> so the first song on the EP includes yeah. an affirmation as the main refrain it's mm-hmm. stop starting tomorrow yeah start starting today so what kind of role do affirmations play in your day-to-day life how important are they for you um I guess the reason I wrote this is because they're not I've never really engaged a lot with affirmations really and I haven't really ever felt my world changed by them and I think that's because I actually do really struggle I'm I'm a lot more affected by an affirmation that I come up with myself Mm than hearing someone's words and going, oh, that's really cool, I'll take that because maybe it Mm. relates to me, maybe it doesn't quite sit well with me, but when it comes from me, I know it's 100% for and about me. So Stop Starting Tomorrow was because I couldn't get anything done ever and I just like lay in bed and then get up and wander around the house aimlessly going, I don't know what to do and I couldn't just – I'd have all these things that I had to do and I felt so overwhelmed – that I couldn't decide which one to do, that I would just be like, I'll just start that tomorrow. <laughs> I'll just start that tomorrow. I'll just start that tomorrow. And I'd say that for every single task and then never get anything done because yep. tomorrow would never come. Because mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow I'd just say, I'll just start that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of where that came from originally. It was just, yeah, I didn't intend to sing it to an audience or anything. And i just written the chorus for a long time and I would try and sing it to myself to get mm-hmm. moving um and to just there's there's a line in there that's um what is it feel the energy you put down what it's providing um if you better than the struggle of deciding i think is the line something about Mm. um you'll see that doing anything is better than the struggle of deciding which was just about saying just do anything yeah like just it doesn't matter what you do Mm -hmm. you don't have to like doesn't matter what you decide just decide on something yeah Get out and do it. Yeah. Mm. Just like pull a weight out of the ground. That's fine. Yeah. (laughs) That's enough. Yeah. It's so true. And I mean, if you do something, if, for example, you lay down a track and it sounds Mm -hmm. like shit, delete it. Start again. Exactly. Exactly. Try a different song. Yeah. (laughs) Go for a run around the house. (laughs) (laughs) So there's an ambient soundscape that opens and closes the EP. So can you tell us about what we're hearing and uh, why you decided to use it? Uh, it's all uh, it's all nature sounds from where we lived on the farm in Korobolong, uh, which is in New Sassanok. And um, I had written – it starts with – Stop Starting Tomorrow starts with all of these like frogs and crickets and um, it's like this little choir in the background. It's like the – it's a sound at dusk, I think, um, when – yeah, when the sun's going down, Chris helped me with a lot of the um, Chris helped me with a lot of the uh, the sampling and um, and recorded all of that and pieced it together. 
Um, and I did have some little footsteps in the first one too because I wanted it to sound like you were with me because I wrote that outside. I wrote that while I was gardening at dusk. Mm. Um, and so that's what I was hearing when I wrote that song when that was going through my head. Um, yeah, so there's all of these like frog choirs that were near the dam in Korriblong and the the EP ends with the Pied Butcher Bird Call as well, which yeah. is my favourite, my favourite bird call. Uh, and... I just really wanted to capture the farm more than anything. We had been trying to record for maybe four years or something in that house and oh, studio in the tractor shed. And um, <laughs> yeah, we just, we never really, it was funny because the whole time we were recording for like four years, we'd be like, oh no, we got the bird in the track. We've got to start again. Or we'd yeah. be like, oh, the, the shed's cracking. And so it was always this really frustrating thing, all these noises that were in the, the farm. But then when we, when I threw the album out the window and my dad got sick, I threw everything away. Four times we recorded it and we'd just start over and start over and start over. And then I was like, no, not doing it. Just going to record like two days of all my songs, mm. every song and if there's a bird, there's a bird. Yeah. Like just accept all of these sounds and all of these noises of this place because it's this place that we're trying to capture. Mm. Yeah, and there's a song on the EP that has a bird call in the middle of one of the verses quite randomly. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it, it really adds to the moment and it's almost like, you know, that bird needed to be in there. That's right. And actually, is that in Teetering? Mm. I think that's yes. the, at the start yes. of Teetering. Yeah. And that's, that's the bird that I wrote that song from. I oh. had a little... Like I remember it going tee, 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 native noisy minor and and going ah oh, um, teetering yeah and that's how that song sort of started in my in my mind but then as I was playing that take and then I heard that native noisy minor come teeting tweet 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 by the door wow. and I remember thinking that this has got to be the take this has got to stay in there and then when me and Chris listened back to it we were like yeah that's the take and it's and it's staying in there that's stunning yeah it was a pretty magic moment actually yeah yeah, yeah it um, just feels like the whole universe aligned yeah <laughs> it was just like this is my song I've got to be yeah. in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so moving on to uh, the song called Boat mm-hmm. has this vocal melody uh, that harks back to traditional folk mm. and for me it sounds like a melody that could be passed through generations because it has Thank that kind of you know uh, flow to it so can you tell us about the inspiration for this song yeah it was just I was listening to heaps of pentangle just mm. this like yeah like trad prog folk um, band from the 70s I think uh, and I've always just been very drawn to those kinds of melodies and those kinds of songs um, and I had just been, we just moved out of the farm, we were moving out of the farm and um, and all of our furniture was out and there's really high ceilings. So uh, the acoustics were really great. And I was just sort of singing this thing that I made up as a joke. <laughs> I was just singing it in an Irish accent, being silly. Um, and then I was like, oh, that's actually a really cool melody. Mm. Um, and I just, I don't know, it it just sort of fell out of me. It was just one of those ones that was written in 10 minutes and I think I think because I do write intuitively and it's not like I I don't think hard about a melody. A melody just comes and it mm. just comes out and it's almost like I'm just listening for what I would want to hear 
where I would want that melody to go if I was listening to it. If I was listening to an old traditional folk song, where would it go? And so then I just follow that. And I think that's where it's sort of how it sort of evolved and that melody evolved. But I really like that melody too. Yeah, Yeah. it's really beautiful. And it kind of has a bit of a Celtic flair to it. Yeah, I do love that. These little Celtic melodies are always I really resonate with them because I'm obviously Irish, (laughs) very, very (laughs) white. (laughs) So moving on to Lost in Time, which is the title track of the EP, Mm -hmm. there are so many lyrics in this song that I would love to pinpoint, but I want to focus on one that felt like a real truth bomb for me. Mm -hmm. And every time I hear it, I go, where did that come from? It just feels like it was placed on your shoulders and <laughs> delivered for the rest of us from, I don't know, something yeah. something up there. And the lyric that I'm talking about is, love is not an inhale, uh, love is an exhale. <laughs> so where did this line come from and uh, what importance does it have for you? It definitely was one of the – I mean, they all are little lines that are just placed on my shoulders. Mm. I don't feel like they – I don't feel responsible for songs. <laughs> I feel like they just come through me, not – they're not – I don't make them up. Yeah. They're just already there and they're just, yeah, passing through. Mm. But that was particularly because it is that idea that your body – you know, there's there's all those – this research about how your body holds trauma – and intergenerational trauma and all of that. And I think it's it's relevant for all feelings too. So like your body knows when you feel good about something. Your body knows yeah. when you don't feel good about something, when something feels dangerous or unsafe to you or as opposed to when something feels safe and secure for you. And that's kind of where that line came from is that love is not an inhale. It's not sharp. Mm. It's not... Um, in some ways it's not exciting in that way. Like it's not this, you know, it's not holding your breath yeah. and waiting for something. It's a release and mm. it's it's this home, this feeling of home and it's an exhale and it's, it's, yeah, a release and a feeling of liberation. And I think that's kind of where that came from, yeah. Yeah. I know that you said the lyric kind of came to you or came through you. Mm. Do you feel like it has a place in your own life? Do you oh, connect definitely. to that? Definitely, definitely. And like, you know, from being with your partner to like even just small moments like watching a butterfly go past (laughs) and even in those other moments of like being around someone else's chaotic energy and going, oh, I feel really not good from this and and more about listening, I guess, that those lines are about listening to your intuition and listening to how your body reacts to someone else's energy. Yeah. All right. I want to talk about some production moments in Whisper, uh, <laughs> which is the final track of the EP. It includes a semi-distorted spoken word layer under one of the verses. And then it just has this stunning point where you can literally hear your voice hitting every single wall of the room where you're <laughs> recording. And it feels like we're right there with you. So what was it like recording this track? Because there are some really different elements of production in this song uh, compared to the rest of your catalogue. Yeah, um, it was a strange one actually and it kind of came out of nowhere and and we recorded it It, like I think it was first maybe, first or second. Wow. Um, It was quite a while ago we recorded this. We had this when we we had done the two days of recording. Whisper was already done Mm -hmm. and so was Stop Starting Tomorrow. Mm -hmm. They were already there and I think that's why 
um, the rest of the EP sort of fed into that and we, we based a lot of the sounds and the production off of Whisper mm. and Stop Starting. But I, I did want it to sound all-encompassing. I wanted it to be a sensory a sensory song. Um, we do think a lot when recording and mixing about it being in stereo and it feeling like you're right next to someone and that you're whispering in their ear yeah. or that you're like or that you're yelling at them you know you want it to be I want it to be a sensory experience and an immersive experience like you said earlier mm-hmm. um so it is it is pretty much intentional in that way uh not so much in you know how can we make this weird but more in how can this one line have the most impact and where did like an intention behind it is that you want to feel compelled by it the whole time and engaged with it the whole time mm. yeah well melody congratulations on this beautiful ep it Thank you. truly is amazing and i am so excited so keen to see you perform these live so you actually have a tour coming up i do i do can you tell Big us about EP it tour yeah we're going on tour it's going to be me and chris and our friend jason lowe as well is going to come out and tour with us and we've got some amazing supports um I've got at the Maitland show, I've got Angie Coleman, who's coming over from WA actually. Oh, wow. To do the support. They're her, it's her first interstate tour. She's brilliant. I'm really excited for everyone to hear her. Um, and it's on International Women's Day, actually, that oh. show as well. <laughs> so that'll be a pretty cool one. Uh, and that's on the 8th of March Beautiful. at the Grand Junction Hotel at the Junkyard. Yeah. And uh, how are tickets going at the moment? Because I'm sure that they'd just be getting snapped up. I hope so. I haven't haven't actually looked. It's been too (laughs) terrifying the last few years with ticket sales. I'm like, I'm just going to stay away from that until I feel good about it. (laughs) Yes. Well, for those listening, know that you need to get in quick because they will go very quickly. So, Melody, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thank you so much for having me.